If you got your Bibles, uh, you, why don't you pull them out? We're going to go to Psalm chapter 3 today. Psalm chapter 3. We are in our Get Real series. And uh, man, I, I'm excited what God is doing. Our Get Real series is all about how can we have real conversations with God, with the God of the universe. How can we be uh, real with God on the good days and on the bad days and on the sad days and on the boring days and on all the days in between? How can we have honest conversations with God? And as we've learned in this series, we, we've learned that God can handle our fears. He can handle our doubts. Uh, he can handle our questions that our God is big enough to deal with everything. And, and God loves it when we give him praise, when we give him honesty, when we give him truth, and we don't try to just cover things up and pretend like everything's okay. He wants the real us. And so today, I want to look again at another psalm, Psalm chapter 3, another real conversation, again, written by King David. Many of the psalms were written by King David, who was king over Israel for 40 years, for 40 years. But this prayer that he cries out to God was, was written, was penned, was, was prayed towards the end of his reign. And this prayer happened during a very unsettling time in his life, a time when he felt unsafe. So I want you to think for a moment this morning, think of a time in your life when you felt the most unsafe, when you felt the most unsafe, when you felt the most uh, insecure, you know, maybe it was a certain place, you know, that you were in that just felt this isn't a safe place. You know, whether it was what might happen to you there, maybe uh, it was just a dangerous place. You felt uh, worried for, you know, your physical body or you worried you might die. I, I don't know what, a place where you felt unsafe. Or maybe it was a person that you were around that just made you feel unsafe, uh, that you, you were worried about. Uh, maybe it was you were all alone. You weren't around people, but you were all alone and you just felt unsafe in that moment or insecure in that moment. Perhaps you were caught in a storm and you just weren't sure the you know, lightning was crashing all around you or you were in a hurricane or a tornado or hailing or whatever it might be and you just felt uh, unsafe or you know, maybe you, you served uh, and uh, you served our country and you were caught in a war zone and, and you just didn't know what was going to happen next. Where, where's the enemy going to attack next? So I want you to think about that moment. How did you respond? What did you do? right? Where did you find your safety and your security in the most unsafe time in your life? Where did you go to for protection? What kind of prayer did you pray in, in that moment? You know, what, what did you say to God in that moment? Uh, how, did you, how did you talk to him? And so Psalm 3, we're going to be looking at this prayer of David in what I would label as one of the times that David felt the most unsafe in his life. I mean, David had been in many battles before. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's won a lot of battles and it wasn't because he was favored in those battles. We're talking David and Goliath. He was clearly outmatched. And uh, when others ran away from the battle, David charged forward. So he's been in some precarious situations before, right? But he's been victorious many times. But this battle, this battle was different. Because in this battle, David had decided beforehand that he wasn't going to fight back. He wasn't going to fight back. He was just going to let happen what happened. And so this was very, uh, a very unsafe moment in his life. And I want you to hear this. This is his prayer in Psalm chapter 3. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep 
and I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. So let me give you a little bit of context of of what's going on. Let me describe to you the battle that David is facing. Uh, We see this is one of the few psalms that actually kind of has a title on there that tells us exactly when David prayed this prayer. And uh, we can find the full story in 2 Samuel chapter 15. So this week you can definitely go back, uh, check it out, see what's going on there. But uh, what's happening in 2 Samuel 15 is uh, David has a son named Absalom. All right, Absalom. And uh, Absalom was maybe about his third or fourth son uh, in the line, so he wasn't set to inherit the kingdom to be the next king or anything like that. But what we do know about Absalom is the guy was a handsome guy, all right? Uh, The Bible doesn't describe many people or, you know, their physical characteristics or certain things like that, but the Bible does say that he was the most handsome man in all of Israel. How would you like to have that title, right? I mean, this guy was flawless. He should have been on the cover of magazines and and all of those things like Absalom was the guy and he knew it, right? He knew how good he looked and uh, his pride and joy, his glory was his hair. I mean, we had Fabio up there, right? That's the, I mean, his hair was just flowing. He said they cut it once a year and it would weigh about five pounds, five pounds of hair. That's a lot of hair, right? He had some thick hair and, and man, The people loved him. They thought he was a handsome guy. Now, partway through his life, he and his dad, King David, had a falling out. Uh, Absalom crossed the line that David thought he shouldn't have had, and now all of a sudden there's kind of some discord there, and they're not getting along, right? They're having some family issues. They're not talking to each other, and Absalom didn't like it. And and he didn't like it so much that he thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start turning people away from my dad, from King David. So he would sit outside uh, the walls of the city. And as people would come, they would come to, uh, you know, hear their case to uh, receive, you know, hey, King David, can you judge in this situation? Tell me who's right, me or my neighbor. Can you, you solve some problems for me? So they would come to the city and Absalom would sit outside the gate and he'd say, oh, hey, uh, you know, nice to see you. It didn't matter if they were rich or if they were poor. He just treated everyone as though they were just the most amazing person in the world, right? And so he comes up to him, he gives him a hug, and he looks him right in the eye, and he just treats him with such respect and, and all those things. And they say, all right, I'm going to King David to, you know, so he can hear my case. And Absalom would, you know, be so sweet and, and tell him, you know what, King David's kind of busy today, and he can't see you right now. And man, if I were king, I would definitely have time to see you because you're the most important person in the world. You know, you're, you, you are what matters, but my dad doesn't see it that way. So I'm sorry, but you're going to have to turn around. Now, these were lies. He was just making this story up, but he wanted to gain more support than his dad did. Well, eventually, he built so much support uh, that they met together, and uh, he had half of Israel come and all declare Absalom king instead of David. Right? So Absalom is now king. And uh, he's, he's trying to start this rebellion against his father. And David, he could have squashed it out. He could have said, no, Absalom, I'm going to charge after you with all of my army and tell you no. But instead, David said, this isn't a battle I'm going to fight. I'm not going to go to war against my son. And so instead, David packs his stuff up. And in a hurry, he leaves the kingdom. He leaves the palace. He, he runs away with anybody who would follow him. 
and, uh, but many left him behind. Many said, you know what, David, I don't serve you, I serve this throne, so I'm going to go wherever their power is, right? And he, in that moment, he found out who his true friends were. And so David is, is fleeing, he, he's running away because he doesn't want to go to battle against his son, he loves him too much. And while he's walking away, there's literally a guy on the side of the road following him the whole time, chucking rocks at him, right? Just throwing it, cursing him. And David's just sitting there taking it. He's not stopping him. He's not doing any of that. He's not fighting back, right? This is a very unsafe place that David's in. This is a very defeated place that David's in. He doesn't know what's going to happen next. And this is the prayer that he prays in Psalm chapter 3. So I want to look a little bit more at depth and pull some things out here. And in, in, in starting in verse 1, again, it says, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. So I think we can take this prayer and really apply it to our lives when we get into those moments that are unsafe, when we feel insecure, when we're not sure what's going to happen next. So David, he starts by telling God his problem, right? He starts by telling God his problem. He's saying the enemy is attacking Right? I've got half of Israel revolting against me. I got some dude chucking rocks at me. God, I feel unsafe. There's something wrong going on here. This is my issue. This is my problem. So I want you just to imagine for a second the fight that David's in. Imagine the battle that he's facing, because it's much more than just a physical battle in, in this moment. Think of all the different ways that he's being attacked. Uh, number one, his calling is being attacked. His calling's being attacked. Here he is. God called him. God picked him. God hand chose him to be the king of Israel, right? And that's, that was his calling on life from a very young boy. And now his throne's being ripped away from him. His people are rebelling, right? All these people that he's served, that he's gone to battle for. I mean, he's gone out. He's protected this nation. He's loved on him. He's provided. He's been a good king for his people. And now half the nation is rising up against him. That's got to be so difficult. In that moment, you're probably wondering, God, is this what I'm really supposed to be doing? God, I thought you called me to be king, but maybe I'm not supposed to be the king anymore. Maybe you've got somebody else, and his, his calling is being questioned. Another thing that's being questioned is his, his honor, right? His honor. How shameful would that be to just walk away from your kingdom, to abandon your throne, to, to run scared? And I'm sure many people just thought, oh, David's weak. David doesn't have what it takes to be king anymore. David's washed up. He, he's old. His glory is gone. But he wasn't doing it out of fear. He was doing it out of love for his son. He, he said, I'm, no, I'm not going to fight back. I'm not going to. If he's going to take it, you can have it. Another thing that was being called into question during all this was his friendships, his relationships. Again, he was finding out who his true friends were in this moment. And that was another attack that was going on in his life was just, who are my real friends? Some of his most trusted advisors said, forget you. Forget you, king. You're not king anymore. Absalom's king. I'm going to follow that because I'm just in it for the benefits. I'm not in it because I care about you or because I love you, but I'm in it because uh, this is my paycheck and this is what I need and this is my glory. So I'm going to abandon ship and I'm going to go uh, with King Absalom. And so that's what they did. And so, so many times his friendship was being called into question. At the same time, his fatherhood, his fatherhood was being called into question because now, now he's got his son rebelling against him, this, this son that he, he loved, that he trained up, he thought the right way, but now his son's trying to take the kingdom from him. 
didn't even come and have a conversation, didn't even, you know, try to work this thing out. Instead, he tries to rebel. And, and now it's just like, man, am I just a failure as a parent? Am I a failure as a dad? All these things that I wonder, was David thinking about this as he's walking away? And again, through this whole time, his safety's in concern. Literally, there's an army that he knows that's going to be chasing him in a matter of moments or in a matter of days, and uh, it's going to be a great army. And there's literally a guy throwing rocks at him from the side. That's a dangerous place to be in. So all these different things are being called into question, and, and I think the driving factor on top of it all, you know, last week we talked about how David messed up. He committed adultery with Bathsheba, and then to cover it up, he committed murder. Right, and he cried out to God for forgiveness. And, and God forgave him, but I can't help but think in the back of his mind in this moment if he's thinking, this is what I deserve. Like, I deserve this punishment. I, I messed up. I, this, is, this is what I get for not following God. So I'm just going to take it. And now his forgiveness is being called into question of, did I, I probably deserve this. Even people are shouting out, God's not going to deliver you. God's not going to save you. God's not listening to you. God doesn't care about you. David, you're, you're nothing. You're broken. You messed up too bad, David. You can't come back to this throne. You deserve what you got. So again, it's not just the physical battle that he's in, but the emotional and the spiritual battle that he's in while he's walking down that road fleeing the kingdom. He's fleeing the kingdom. See, when you're in a dangerous place, and you feel unsafe, and you're drowning in insecurities, the first thing that we need to do, just like David did, is we need to let God know. We need to let God know what's going on. Now, it's not that God doesn't know. God already knows the battle that you're facing today. He, he knows exactly what you're going through today. But when we let God know, it puts us in a place to receive from God. Right? When we let God know, that's when God can do something about it, because we're opening up the door to him and saying, God, I need help. The battle around me is fierce. There's tens of thousands of people who are, you know, coming against me. So we need to let God know the situation that we're in. See, I think that the rocks being thrown at David were simply a physical representation of what was going on spiritually and what was going on emotionally. See, maybe you can relate to David today. Uh, though you might not have someone throwing rocks at you physically or at you spiritually or emotionally, uh, you know, spiritually and emotionally, it feels like you're just getting pelted out there, right? Like things are just coming at you, and, and you just feel like you can't get away from them, right? And so you're walking around. Maybe your calling's being questioned today. You know, maybe your calling's being questioned. And, and you just are walking around, and everywhere you go, it just feels like, oh, God, is this what I'm supposed to be doing in my life? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Because it just feels like there's rocks being thrown at me everywhere. I mean, my employees are yelling at me. Uh, my coworkers are telling me I'm doing a bad job. My boss called me in and, and says, you're not very good at this. And it just hurts, right? And it stings. Every time you hit, every time those words, they cut to the bone, it feels like you're getting rocks thrown at you. Or, or maybe, you know, your family's being called into question, your fatherhood, your motherhood, all of those things. You raised your kid to, to love God. Right? You raised your kid, to, and now all of a sudden they're rebelling, and they're not listening anymore. They're not doing the things that you taught them to do, and even more than that, they're rebelling against you. They don't even want to call you anymore. They don't want to talk to you anymore. Right? All those different things. Maybe your influence is being questioned. You're not sure who your family is. You're not sure who your real friends are, right? And you're constantly just getting pelted over and over again, and it's frustrating, 
And it's just, you just wish it would stop. Like this, this attack that's constantly on you. But in those moments, we need to let God know. We need to let God know, man, God, there's rocks flying at me everywhere. Maybe your safety's being questioned today. Maybe it's that place that you go to, right? Maybe it's, maybe you're going through abuse right now. And you're just, every time, like you never want to be around that person. You never want to go to that place because it feels like an unsafe place. And you know abuse is coming. Maybe you're here today, right? And you're just thinking, uh, this is a safe place, but I don't want to go back home. Maybe your health is under attack and you just, you can't bear going back to the doctor again, right? Because you're just worried it's going to be another bad news. It's going to be another stone that's thrown at you and it's going to hurt and it's going to sting and you don't want to hear that news anymore. Maybe again, it's forgiveness and you're sitting around thinking, I've done too much. I've hurt too many people and this is what I deserve. So I should just stand here and I should just take it because God, this, this is what I deserve today right? I deserve to get pelted today. We need to let God know when we're going through those battles, when we're going through those fights. See, often when we're going through those battles, we, we tend to do some different things, right? Uh, one of the things that we like to do when people are throwing stones at us is, uh, you know, when we're going through that spiritual and emotional fight, we get angry, we get upset, eventually getting hit so often just builds up inside and that, that stuff comes back and, and it just all comes out at once and you start throwing stones back at people and you think, what are you doing? Knock it off, right? And you get angry and you get upset or, or even worse, right? You've been, unjustly, you've been unjustly hurt. So now all of a sudden you're walking around people you don't even know, right? And you're just thinking, man, I'm just so hurt. And now you start justifying well, if they come across my path and they don't look at me right now, you start throwing at random people who didn't do anything to you, right? They didn't deserve it, but now it's just, ah, I'm just angry. So you just throw things and you justify things and you think that it's okay, right? And that's how we can deal with some of those battles going on. We just blow up, right? Or other times, other times it, we, we let that fester, you know, we, we've got people attacking us. So now we start, you know, we go over here and be like, can you believe what these people are doing to me? Did you see them? They're throwing balls at me this whole time. It's like, it, it hurts, right? And it stinks. Can you believe? And, and we try to bring up an army. And we think, if we can just get this whole section to attack this front row, right? Then, then we're going to have this all. We're going to take, we're going to conquer. But the problem is we just join this, you know, dodgeball game, this dodge rock game. And, and nobody wins. Everybody gets hurt because we're trying to build up an army and fight against it. Or another thing that we do is we just say, all right, I'm just going to put up, you know, my defenses. I'm just going to sit here and uh, get into the fetal position. And if I just do that, then, then nothing can really hurt me too bad. You know, if I just hold on here. And so that's what we try to do. And we handle this in all the wrong ways. So why is letting God know first the best solution? Well, I like what, what David prays next. Uh, he doesn't throw rocks back. He, he doesn't build up an army. He, he could do all those things. But instead, this is what he tells God in, in verse 3. He says, but you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. See, instead of, instead of getting angry, Instead of fighting back, instead of building up an army, instead of just 
going into the fetal position and, and, and saying, you know, I'm not good enough. David says, he gets up and he says, God, you are my shield. God, you are my protector. Not only that, God, you're my glory. You're the one, God, who gives me victory. You're the one who lifts my head high. So even in the midst of the battle, even when everything's going around, even when stones are being thrown at me, God, you are my protection. God, you protect me, right? And that's what he says. That's what he says. So God, you are my shield. And in that moment, when David declares that, David steps behind the shield, right? And all of a sudden... Those things can't stop him anymore. Those things can't hurt him anymore. And, and notice how when David does that, he doesn't say, God, would you be my shield? God, God, please protect me. He doesn't say that. No, instead he just says, you are my shield, God. I, I don't need to ask you because I already know you are my shield. You are my protector. Because uh, if we look back in, in God's word, we look back to even Abraham. Abraham, God told Abraham that he would be his shield. God told him that. In the book of Genesis, you can look back at that. And David's sitting there thinking, well, hey, I'm a descendant of Abraham, right? I can get behind that same shield that God already promised was going to be there. In uh, uh, Moses, inspired by God, he told Israel that, that God was going to be their shield and their helper and that your enemies would cower before you, right? So those, David knew that. He didn't have to pray, God, would you protect me? No, God was already going to protect him. God was already there. That shield was already in place. But how many times, how many times do we step outside of the shield, right, that, that God called us to? And, and we think, God, help me. God, would you just help me? Or just, God, protect me. I need your help, right? And God's saying, hey, I've already got a shield in place. You just got to get in the right place. You just got to get behind it, Right? But we cry out to God and we're asking for that. But instead, we need to trust in him. See, Proverbs 30 verse 5 says this. God is a shield to those who take refuge in him. God is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Psalm 84 11 says, For the Lord God is the sun and shield. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So what God is saying, what his word is saying is, Hey, I'm your shield. I'm in place. And the only thing you need to do to go from here to hear is to follow me, is to follow my word, is to walk uprightly, is to take refuge in him. That's all you need to do. That's how you get behind the shield. That's how you get in the protection. But when you want to do everything yourself, you're free game. Stay here. Stay in God's word. Stay, do what God tells you to do. That's what we need to do. See, he's already promised to be our shield. We just need to follow him. In, in Exodus, in, in the book of Exodus, uh, God's people, the Israelites, they're in a tight spot. They've got the entire Egyptian army behind them with all their chariots, with all their horses, and, and they're charging after them. And in front of them, they have the Red Sea, right? And they are just between a rock and a hard place. They, they are stuck. And this isn't an army. It's not the Israelite. It's all the Israelite people, men, women, children, young, old, everybody, right? And they're, they're fleeing. They're, they're fleeing for freedom. And uh, they were crying out to God, right? That would make sense. You got bad news behind you, bad news in front of you, bad news all around you. So they're crying out, God, save us. God, God, protect us. But the problem is they, they were standing out here. God, save us. God, protect us. And in verse, uh, in Exodus chapter 14, it says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? 
Why are you crying out? In other words, why are you praying right now? Stop praying and tell the Israelites to move on, right? I've already told you guys what to do. Now do it. Now walk in it, right? You can sit there and you can pray all day, but until you do what I tell you to do, you're not going to be protected. You're not going to receive what happens. And so that's what they started to do. So Moses, he lifts up his staff and the waters begin to split. They begin to part and they walk through on dry ground. And as soon as they get out, the waters crash down on the Egyptian army and God protects them. But it wouldn't have happened if they would have just sat there and prayed all day. It only happened because they decided to step out in faith and do what God told them to do. Now, as your pastor, I would never tell you to stop praying. Prayer is always good. But let me say this. Don't just pray. Obey. Don't just pray. Obey. We need both in our lives. See, sometimes in our lives, I think we can create almost a spiritual filibuster. Right, where we're just sitting there and we're, we're telling God as many words as we can, but we don't want to do what God tells us back. Remember, it's a conversation. You not only talk to God, but God talks to you. So we're sitting there and we're just saying, you know, God, I really, I, I really want you to you know, reach out to my cousin. My cousin doesn't know you, God. And, and so, Lord, we just pray that you would send somebody in line to help my cousin, uh, to, to tell him about Jesus. You know, we're just praying. We're praying that over and over and over and over again. And it's like God telling us, well, like, hey, you live in the same town, you do do it, you know? And nothing will ever happen until we step out in faith and, and we're the ones who say, all right, God, maybe I'm the answer to the prayer that I'm praying. Maybe I need to do what you told me to do, what you've called me to do. So that's what David is doing. God, I don't need to ask you. I just need to declare. I just need to declare that you are my shield and that you're my glory and I'm gonna trust in you. There's many other things that he declares in that moment. Another thing that David declares isn't just his shield, but he says, God, you're my glory. God, you're my glory. David's losing his kingdom. His son's trying to take the throne, and more than likely, he and all of his followers are about to die. And yet in that moment, he says, God, you're my glory. You're my victory. Like, hold on, David. Like, if I, me in that moment, I'm saying, God, just make sure I survive. He's saying, no, God, you're my victory. You're my victory. You can, you can rescue me from this perilous situation, and it's not even going to be difficult for you. God, you're my glory. No one else is, so I'm going to trust in you in this moment. But isn't that like God, where when we just want to survive, he does even more, right? He does even more. He lifts us up in our lowest of states, in our lowest of moments. He lifts up the humble. Another truth that David declares in this moment uh, is in verse 4, and he says that God answers me. I cry out to God and God answers me. And this is another truth that David declares even when everybody else is saying, God doesn't hear you anymore. God doesn't love you. God's abandoned you. You're not good enough, David. You messed up too great. God doesn't hear you anymore. And he says, no, I call out to God and he hears and he listens and God cares in that moment. And sometimes when you're being attacked by the enemy, you can start giving into those lies and think nobody cares and God doesn't hear me, and God's not for me, but it's in those moments that we need to stand up and declare truth. No, God is for me. God hears me. Why? Because his word tells me. He doesn't lead me. He hasn't forsaken me. He loves me, and I'm on his team, and I'm fighting the battle right alongside him, right? And we need to just stand up and declare truth and stand on God's word. See, in the midst of our darkest seasons when the battle is raging, we need to say, God, you're my shield. God, you're my glory. God, you're the one who lifts my head. Uh, you hear me. You love me. You've not forgotten me. 
Through Christ, I can do all things who gives me strength. And we declare those things. See, the shield that God provides us in these battles, it's no ordinary shield. It's much sturdier than this one. It's even got a roof and everything. It's a 360 protection, right? It's a, it's a strong fortress that we run to. Uh, listen to how strong it is. In, in verse 5, it says this, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear even though tens of thousands assail me on every side. See, not only was David able to get a break from the attack that was coming his way, but he was able to find rest in the middle of the battle. He was able to find sleep in the middle of the battle. You see, God's shield protects not just your body, but it protects your heart and your mind and your soul. I mean, it protects everything. It's not just physical protection. Psalm 18.2 says this, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So even in the midst of the storm, God gives us uh, an avenue. He, he doesn't just protect us, but again, he, he lets us find sleep. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, you're sitting in the midst of a battle and you're just able to take it easy, you know, just to, to rest, to relax. I, I can't imagine what it would be like for, for our troops who are in war zones, who are sitting over, they're not knowing when the enemies will attack and, and they have to find sleep during that. But, you know, in our spiritual battles... Sometimes it's hard because we've got insecurities and you go to bed at night and it's just like, I can't even sleep because there's just so many things attacking me right now. But yet it says that, that God can give us rest even in the midst of all that. Psalm 23, 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, sometimes that's a verse we need to quote. We need to declare. We need to lean on. We need to stand on, right? That, that we can find rest in the midst of all of the world's chaos and all of the world's trouble. And we can just declare, God, you, God, you give me rest. God, you protect me. Even in those moments that feel dangerous, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. God, you comfort me. But isn't that the nature of our God? To go above and beyond? I mean, he's the God who, who does immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So it's not out of his character, even in our toughest moments, even in the midst of our battles, not only does he protect us, but he helps us to find rest. He helps us to find rest. That's our good God. And then David, he, he finishes with these words in, in Psalm 7, verse 7 and 8. He says this, Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessings be on your people. See, when we cry out to God, we can have confidence like David did. Because David, all of a sudden, the tune changes at the end. Uh, and he's just, he's confident now, right? God, do what only you can do. Go out there and destroy some people, right? Punch some people in the jaw, God. Take them down. Because I'm going to trust in you in the midst of the battle. So let me share with you just kind of the rest of the story of what happens. Right? David's uh, kind of running away and, and just trying to keep the peace and let Absalom do his thing. And, and one of his advisors, a few of his advisors of Absalom's advisors, go and, and advise him. They think, what do you think we should do about David? 
One guy is just like, we should attack him while he's weak. We should go after him right now. And another guy told Absalom, no, maybe we should just wait. Let's build up the whole army. Let's send our full force of people. You know David, he's won many battles. So let's, let's make sure that we got him, right? So let's give it everything we got. And so they waited, and they built up the army, and then they went to go attack David. But David's like, hey, I'm out. You know, his followers, if you want to fight, go for it. But I'm not fighting this battle. So David hangs back, and uh, the battle rages on. And uh, it said that 20,000 people died in that battle, right? This was, this was a terrible battle. But all of a sudden, King Absalom, he, he's riding through. He's riding through, and, and uh, remember his glory, right? His glory was his hair. That was, that was the thing that everybody was just like, man, Absalom's so handsome. He's such a big guy. And David's glory was God. And he said, God, I'm not going to fight this battle. This, this is yours, God. I, I leave it up to you. And while Absalom is riding through the forest, it said that his hair got caught in an oak tree. And then his ride kept going, but Absalom didn't. He was just left there hanging by the hair. And uh, he was captured by, by David's men, and the battle was won that day. So it's funny that Absalom's glory led to his demise, while David's glory, who was God, led to his victory. Man, doesn't that happen often in life? We, we, we try to say, look at me, look at my glory, look how great I am. And man, we get humbled over and over again. But when we say, God, no, you're my glory, you're my victory, I'm going to humble my, you must become greater, I must become less. When we do that, God gives us the victory in ways that we could never imagine. When we trust in God and we, we trust uh, that he has our back, that we, we trust that he is going to protect us. Worship team, would you come? See, we're all in a spiritual battle. Everyone in this place, you are in a spiritual battle whether you realize it or not. You know, maybe you're sitting there today wondering like, why am I just so tired all the time? Why do I feel so beat up all the time? Like I, I do everything right physically. It's because we're in a spiritual battle. You know, there's the physical and the spiritual. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Right? We are in a spiritual battle. And if we try to fight our battle on our own, we're going to lose every time. Because in the physical, we don't have weapons to fight in the spiritual right? You, you can't plan enough. You can't schedule enough. You can't work out enough. You, you can't do enough yoga in your life to stop the spiritual battle that's happening. Spiritual battles have to be fought spiritually. But I'm thankful that we have a champion, that we have a Savior who stepped in and he won the battle for us. He won the battle for us. And he chose to, uh, and he wants us to get behind his protection to allow him to be our glory instead of our own, instead of us trying to fight our own battles. See, Jesus, he stepped in and he went to the cross and he died on that cross. And I think in that moment when he was laid in that tomb, that sin and death and the devil himself were rejoicing and they thought, we've won. We finally won this battle. The son of God can't handle us anymore. We, we've taken him down. We've taken him out. But three days later, Jesus rose again. And he's not in that tomb anymore. And in that moment, he defeated sin. He defeated death. And he found victory. And so that when we are up against sin and death, a battle that we can't win, 
You can try and you can try, but you will never win. When we go to him, when we say, God, I want to make you the Lord of my life. God, I want to get in line with you. God, I, I, I believe you died and that you rose again. And, and, and God, I want to listen to you. And in that moment, it's like we're getting behind that shield. We're getting behind his protection. And now nothing can touch us. Sin and death can't hold us back. Jesus gives us eternal life in heaven with him. When we allow him to lead us, he protects us and he's a shield for us in the midst of the battle. So let me ask you this today. What, what battle are you facing? What battle are you facing? What stones are being thrown at you? Maybe it's that physical battle that you're fighting. Maybe it's a battle of abuse. Maybe it's a health battle. Maybe it's a battle at work that's just going on and you just feel your, your calling, that thing that you train for, that thing that you know you're supposed to do, you just feel like it's being called into question. Maybe it's a family or a relationship battle. Things are just going on and, and you just don't know what's going on. Maybe, maybe you're fighting against, you know, anxiety or insecurity and you're just wondering, do people really care about you? Do people really love you? Or, or, or what's going on? And you're fighting this battle and it's day in and day out. And maybe the people around you, they don't even notice. They don't even see the stones that are being thrown your way, but you feel every single blow. So what battle are you facing today? Where do you need God's protection? What do you need God's protection? See, the first thing we need to do, the first thing you can do, the first step you can take today is just let God know. Let him know this is what's going on. Just be real with him. Have that honest conversation. God, it feels like tens of thousands are just coming against me. My foes are many. And we just let God know I'm, I'm dealing with this area. God, I'm dealing with this area. I'm dealing with this area. We let him know. And then when God speaks to you, right? When he taught, because again, it's an honest conversation. When he gives you a word, when he gives you a verse, when he gives you an instruction point, then we need to listen to that. We need to step out. We need to obey because that's again, that's how we get behind the shield. We stand in line with God's word. We line up with where he wants us to be. And when we do that, we got to understand that God's protection, I mean, it's bulletproof. Nothing can get through there. You're going to start experiencing peace where you should feel pain. And you're going to be like, how did that happen? Well, it's because you're in the shield. You're in God's protection. It's, it's a fortress. It's a place you can find rest. It, it's a place that you can find new life. And that's where we need to be is in, in the hands, in the protection of God. So today, today a couple different ways that you can respond today is this. Number one, maybe you've never let God know before. You've been trying to fight this battle yourself. Maybe you've never let God in before. Well, today can be that day. And so I encourage you, uh, as we go to another time of worship in this place, I, come find a place at this altar and kick the ball pit balls aside, right? And just get alone with God and let God know. If you need prayer this morning, we're going to have people up here. They'd love to pray with you too. Um, so you're not in this fight alone. We're in this together. We're learning together. This is God's church. We're doing this together. So maybe that's you and you just need to let God know. You just need to tell him what's going on and, and say, God, I want to get behind that shield. Uh, I want to I want to obey you. For others of you in here, uh, you've already done that. You know that. But there's some things in your life that you just need to do. You've been crying out for a long time. But now it's time to take action. Now it's time to line up. You know, maybe, maybe you know, ah, I should really be getting in God's word, but I'm just busy. Today's the day. 
man, go, go find a Bible and read it. Go, go start today. You know, maybe it's, ah, I know that I'm supposed to be doing this in my house and leading my family in this. Then go do it. Go do it. So maybe your response today is just taking action because God's already told you to do something. You already have the instructions, but now you need to get behind the shields. You need to get in line with what God wants to do. So whether it's coming to this altar today or whether it's just making a stand of, okay, God, I'm finally going to do what you told me to do, what you called me to do. I'm going to trust in you. So would you stand with me today? I want to pray for you, and you guys are, are dismissed. But I encourage you, if you need to spend time at these altars, would you come? Would you come and, and, and just go after God? If you need to leave this place and, and go make some things right, right away, I encourage you, go listen, go obey, go follow Jesus. Let me pray for you. Jesus, today I thank you. I thank you for your shield. I thank you for your protection. God, we don't deserve it. We, we haven't earned it. We can't pay enough to buy it. God, we just simply need to follow you. God, that's all you ask of us. And Lord, so thank you. Thank you for this incredible gift of your protection. So God, I pray that we would, we would duck in there today, that we would go to our mighty fortress, to our shield, to our glory, the one who lifts our head. God, the one who hears us when we call. God, I pray that we would run to you and make you the Lord of our lives. If there's anyone in this place today that doesn't know you, God, I pray today would be a day that they surrender and say, not my will be done, but yours. I believe that you died and you rose again, and I want to make you the Lord of my life. God, I believe today that lives are going to be changed. So, Lord, would you meet with us as we come to your, uh, come to your presence, as we come to this altar and we lift up your name. God, if there's anybody here who just needs to go and listen, God, I pray that you would give them the faith to go and do, even though they can't see what's going to happen, even though they don't know exactly how everything's going to work out or how people are going to react, I pray that we would be faithful and find that you have us in your hands all this time. Bless us today as, as we go, as we reach our, our neighbors, our family, our community. God, that you would guide us in this time. God, may your blessing be on your people, just like David prayed in this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, these altars are open. I encourage you to take some time just to spend with God. Sweet night.